Hello, and welcome to A Good Book Review, a podcast where we sit down and review a wide variety of books that have been written for a Christian audience. My name is Chase Vitort, and you're listening to episode 10. In today's installment, we have uh, something of a unique double feature. While I'm joined by Alex Daniels once again, as he will once again relinquish his role as co-host and instead opt to sit in the seat of the interviewee, I am additionally joined by the lovely Miss Elise Eisted. Uh, these two will be reviewing a pair of the most uh, well-known Christian devotionals to ever grace the bookshelves of the modern evangelical. Alex will be speaking to the value of Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. This wonderful work of literature was initially written in the 19th century, and it can be found for under $20 in a number of places. Elise will be representing Oswald Chambers' My Utmost for His Highest to our listeners. This book has been described as the best-selling and most beloved devotional book of all time, and the updated language version is available on Amazon for a mere $7. For those listeners who have listened to previous podcasts of ours, you are likely familiar with my endearing co-host, Alex Daniels. For those who are less familiar, Alex is a young man living in western Wisconsin. He enjoys playing games with friends, reading in coffee shops, and climbing at the local gym. Uh, Alex, did I miss anything important there? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you did, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> as noted previously, Alex is not the only interviewee on this edition of A Good Book Review. Sitting next to me is the delightful Miss Elise Eisted. Elise is currently a student at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and she's majoring in English. Uh, prior to coming to Eau Claire, Elise briefly attended Bethel University in the Twin Cities, and she also spent a year after that interning as a worship leader at a church called Jacob's Well in Lake Halley, Wisconsin. This is her first time on the podcast, and we're so incredibly grateful to have her on. Elise, welcome to A Good Book Review. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to, happy to have you. Um, okay, guys, so question one, and I would love for each of you to answer each of the questions, if that's all right with you. Question one is this. Um, could you please tell our listeners a little bit about the authors of your books? Presumably, Charles Spurgeon is fairly well known, uh, at least within Christian circles. But regardless, I'd love to get a bit of a bio on each of them uh, so that these men's situated ethos could be well created. Yeah, I'll start. I'm a little afraid to talk about Charles Haddon Spurgeon just because there's so many people that are so like huge fans of him. So I'm a little nervous to be representing him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was an English particular Baptist preacher, um, and he was a pastor at New Park Street Chapel, um, or later known as Metropolitan Tabernacle um, in London. Uh, yeah, he was born in, sorry, June 19th, 1834. So, yep, he was a preacher during the 19th century. I think that good summary of who wow. he is. Oh, I, I want to. I think there's a lot of Spurgeon fans that are gonna hate the the lack of passion behind. That. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just a little nervous about that. Uh, perhaps it's also worth noting that Spurgeon has often donned the title of Prince of Preachers among people. people. Gave that to him. You're right. Yes, he he did not give that yeah. to himself by any means, of course. But yeah, yeah. he's certainly <laughs> undoubtedly one of the most impactful men in the Christian faith in the last few centuries. By far, yes. he's often been called the last Puritan. Um, I'm mean, just, yeah. just an incredible figure. Um, Imagine giving all those titles to yourself, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like something Dwight Schrute would do. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's Charles Spurgeon. Elise, could you tell us a little bit about Mr. Oswald Chambers, who's per yeah. perhaps less well-known? Um, yeah, well, Alex is nervous to talk about Charles Spurgeon. I think I'm just nervous to talk in general, but here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, Oswald Chambers wasn't very well-known in his day. 
almost not until after his death that the majority of his books were published. Um, but he was born in Scotland in 1874. And um, in the little introduction of the edition that I have of My Utmost for His Highest, um, it says that he sensed God's call to be an ambassador for Christ in the world of um, art, music, and aesthetics, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is um, but while studying at the University of Edinburgh, he had, quote, an agonizing internal battle and decided to train for an occupation in Christian ministry instead. Um, mm. So his ministry of teaching and preaching took him for a time to the United States and Japan. Um, and he also founded the Bible Training College in London. Um, and he died at the young age of 43 yeah. as a chaplain to British Commonwealth troops in Egypt during World War One. Wow. Interesting. Crazy. Yeah, I did not know that about Mr. Chambers. Me either. Um, we oftentimes will ask for an elevator pitch on the podcast. Um, so Alex, regarding morning and evening, what is the, the shorthand advertisement you'd give to listeners to try to compel them to, to read it? Yeah, I, I will definitely say like, if you want a very short, concise, rich, um, devotional to either like start your morning or your evening, um, one, actually one thing I want to back up a little sure. bit, um, morning and evening is actually two separate devotionals so you have morning and morning which you can read in the morning and then you have evening and evening i have an edition that has both morning and evening so right. the two of them have been merged together to mm-hmm. form just morning and evening so if you want one for the morning or one for the evening you can buy those buy separate separately ones. sure um but i will say just getting morning and evening is very beneficial Alex, i'm not sure if you have a good answer to this but do you find either one of those like if, if listeners had to choose between morning and morning or evening and evening my guess is you would say get the morning in the morning just because that's the way you're starting your day. Is that true or how would, how would you answer that? I see, like in reading it, I have not seen any difference between mornings and evenings. Okay. So, um, so I would say get more, the morning and evening edition <laughs> gotcha. where you've more got content. both. Yeah. So Great. Yeah. Uh, Miss Eisted, elevator pitch for my utmost for his highest. What do you got? Mm, okay. I'm not super great at elevator pitches, um, so I'll try to make this as concise as possible. Um I guess I was never super a fan of devotionals before. Um, they just um, seemed very cheesy to me. I just remember being like a yeah. like a middle schooler, and I had like a young Christian girls devo, and so that's mm-hmm. like what in my mind devotionals were. Um, but I got this one just this year, so I haven't had it for too long. Um, but I really like um, Chambers' emphasis on um, ministry as a missionary, um, mm-hmm. not even just as like and a, like a missionary abroad, like we usually think, but how just like our lives are our mission yeah, field. Yeah. Um, he talks a lot about calling, which I find really interesting. Um, and it's it's super short, but each day I leave it feeling like it was written for me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. That's sweet, <laughs> awesome. Uh, for this part, you can either read either a, a full section if you'd like, or even just a, a tidbit from it. But I, I wonder, Alex, would you be willing to read for us a portion of the book that you found to be mm-hmm. especially encouraging? Yeah. And tell us where it's from, preferably. Yep. So this is from December 30th, and this is the evening. Um, the, also, the edition that I have is in Old English. Gotcha. So, doth mother know you wears her drapes? <laughs> are you going to translate it for us, or are you going to read it in Old English? I, I will read in Old English. Like, oh, let's Typically, go. what I do when I'm reading this is, like, I practice reading this in the morning. So, like, that is how I do part of my devotionals, is read them out loud. Sweet. Um, I'm, it's easier to absorb when I'm reading out loud, but yeah. yes, I'll mm, read it. Cool. So, this is December 30th, 
the evening. Knowest thou not that it will be bitterness in the later end? Second Samuel two twenty six. Sorry, I just need to take a breath real quick. Sure. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I'll say this. It's easy to read Old English on your own when no one else is listening. Right. But when you have whoever knows how many people will listen to this episode. As an English major, I will be judging you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nice. <laughs> so no pressure. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you, oh reader, I've already butchered it. Yeah. If, oh my reader, thou art merely a professor and not a possessor of the faith that is in Christ Jesus, the following lines are a true sketch of thine end. If you're a respectable attendant at a place of worship, you go because other goes, not because of your heart is right with God. This is your beginning. I will suppose that for the next 20 or 30 years, you'll be spared to go on as you do now, professing religion by an outward attendance upon the means of grace, but having no heart in thy matter. Tread softly, for I must show you the deathbed of such one as yourself. Let us gaze upon him gently. A clammy sweat is upon his brow, and he wakes up crying, Oh God, it is hard to die. Did you send for my minister? Yes, he is coming. The minister comes. Sir, I fear that I'm dying. Have you any hope? I cannot say that I have. I fear to stand before my God. Oh, pray for me. The prayer is offered for him with sincere earnestness, and the way of salvation is for the ten thousandth time put before him. But before he has grasped the rope, I see him sink. I may put my finger upon those cold eyelids, for they will never see anything here again. But where is the man, and where are the man's true eyes? It is written, In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Ah, why did you not lift up his eyes before? Because he was so accustomed to hear the gospel, and that his soul slept under it. Alas, if you should lift up your eyes here, how bitter will will be your wailings. Let the Savior's own words reveal the woe. Father Abraham, send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. There is a frightful meaning in those words. May you never have to spell it out by the red light of Jehovah's wrath. Mm. Thanks for reading that, Alex. Mm. Yeah, that's even in the old English, I think that still made plenty of sense yeah. to me. So. Thanks for reading that. Uh, Elise, you do not have the Old English version of Chambers Devotional. Could you read for us uh, maybe a portion or a Devo that you found especially encouraging? Yeah. Um, like you said, I have the updated edition, so I find it a little easier to read. But this is um, from September 29th. Um, the Bible verse that goes along with this is um, 1 Corinthians 9.16, which reads, For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Mm. Um, the title of this one is called The Awareness of the Call. Um, we are inclined to forget the deeply spiritual and supernatural touch of God. If you are able to tell exactly where you were when you received the call of God and can explain all about it, I question whether you have truly been called. The call of God does not come like that. It is much more supernatural. The realization of the call in a person's life may come like a clap of thunder, or it may dawn gradually. Mm. But however quickly or slowly this awareness comes, it is always accompanied with an undercurrent of the supernatural, something that is inexpressible and produces a glow. At any moment, the sudden awareness of this incalculable, supernatural, surprising call that has taken hold of your life may break through. I chose you, says John fifteen sixteen. Mm. The call of God has nothing to do with salvation and sanctification. You are not called to preach the gospel the gospel because you are sanctified. The call to preach the gospel is infinitely different. Mm. Paul describes it as a compulsion okay. that was placed upon him. If you have ignored and thereby removed the great supernatural call of God in your life, take a review of your circumstances. See where you have put your own ideas of service or your particular abilities ahead of the call of God. Paul says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. 
He had become aware of the call of God and his compulsion to preach the gospel was so strong that nothing else was any longer even a competitor for his strength. If a man or woman is called of God, it doesn't matter how difficult the circumstances may be. God orchestrates every force at work for his purpose in the end. If you will agree with God's purpose, he will bring not only your conscious level, but also all the deeper levels of your life, which you yourself cannot reach into perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. Thanks for reading that, Elise. <clears throat> um, I just want to make sure when you guys read those, those were obviously a full segment, right? From each one that was yeah. a full mm-hmm. devotion. Yeah. Would you say that is indicative more broadly of the entire book? Is each one about that length? I, I know it's about a page for each of you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's that same length that I just read, about three paragraphs. Great. Mm-hmm. At least you'd, just, you'd say the same. Yep, they're a page each, and it's a small book, so it's not a mm-hmm. large page. If you can see the book that I'm holding up right. to the microphone. <laughs> yeah, just uh, viewers, look at your phone right now. No. <laughs> um, and then I think I'm the answer to this, but is there a calendar day for each devotional in, in both your books, making it easy to decide which one to read on a given day? Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah, that, that does simplify things. Uh, we had briefly talked about an updated English versus an old English translation of the book. Um, how important, Alex, I'll ask you first, how important would you say it is to get the updated version or not to get it? And what is the value of reading it in its original writing versus the more modern sounding literature? Uh, I originally had just the updated English version of Evening and Evening, and I found that hugely beneficial. But I eventually started realizing that it was easier to read through and I didn't have to think through like what I was reading. Sure. Um, But so that's where then I... One day I was thrift shopping and I saw morning and evening and then I realized I was old English and so I decided to buy it. Hmm. And with it just being a more difficult read, it's made me pay more attention to yeah. what I'm reading. Slow down. Yeah. So I, I would say if you, I mean, it's really easy and it's beneficial to get the updated English, but I've benefited more from reading the old English just because mm. I've had to pay more attention and to stop and reread some sections. I see. So, At least how would you answer that question? Yeah, so um, like I said, I have the updated edition. Um, I ordered my copy online used off just like a thrift book website, Mm. um, and I did not realize I was getting the updated edition. So when it came, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, it's not authentic. It's not not the original. It's not the original. Um, But since having it, I really appreciate the updated edition. I have friends who have um, the traditional one, Mm -hmm. and um, they love it, but... Like mm-hmm. Alex said, they have to read it maybe like a couple more times maybe than mm-hmm. I do, yeah. which um, not that I don't appreciate that um, more in-depth like analysis of it, but um, I even with the updated language, when I find myself reading them at least two times, I yeah. never read it just once. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I like the updated edition, but I've never owned the original one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I personally own the original one and have spent a few days reading from yours, Elise, and I will say I definitely would prefer the the more modern English. And so certainly if any listeners out there are considering buying it as a gift, uh, I would highly recommend getting the updated version. Although obviously Alex makes a compelling case for the the old English as well. Um, I think, yeah, having you two having those different versions of the books, but also different books entirely sets up well for this next question. Could you both argue as to why your book is better than the other person? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't <laughs> that question. Um, Elise and Alex, is there anything else that you guys can think of about your particular respective books that our listeners ought to know prior to considering getting it? Um, I guess what I had mentioned before that it's two separate devotionals, but like the edition that I have um, has both morning and evening. I can't think of anything else to add to that. Okay. Um, 
it is phenomenal. It's there's been many mornings where I'm reading it and I I'm weeping because of how impactful what he says. Mm. Like it's very very well done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. To answer the question, I guess. Um. The same as Alex said, I'm a very um, emotion-driven person, especially when it comes to books. Um, I do love books and writing, and I do uh, often get tears in my eyes from this book. Um, mm. Also, just a fun fact that I think is interesting to know. Um, uh, one thing I learned while researching for this podcast about Oswald Chambers um, was, like I mentioned before, he only published three books in his lifetime. So after he died at 43, um, his wife was the one who compiled all mm. his various lessons and sermons together into the books. Um, mm. Since she always took like verbatim shorthand notes while he was teaching. <laughs> nice. um, so like without the work of Biddy Oswald or Biddy Chambers, Oswald was his first name, Biddy Chambers, um, we wouldn't have like this like beloved devotional mm. um, that wouldn't have been possible without her ministry and work. So yeah. I'm very thankful for mm. That's what women a, of faith. Yeah. What a committed wife. That's really sweet. That's really sweet. Huh, cool. Um, also, I think uh, all of us would also commend to our listeners. None of us would say this is a substitution for uh, reading your Bible in the morning or in the evening. Like this can um, only be a supplement. And, and certainly if you've only got time for one or the other, we would all highly recommend digging into your Old and New Testaments before getting into uh, either of these devotions as great as they are. Yes. Um, yeah, lastly, I just wonder if Alex and Elise, you guys would have any other recommendations. Obviously, we're titling this podcast Devotionals. We're not titling it Morning and Evening Versus Most for His Highest or anything like that. So um, as far as devotionals go, what other books come to mind that you would um, quickly recommend to our listeners? I can think of like devotionals, uh, the practice of the presence of God. I've used that as a devotional. I've gone through that a couple of days. (laughs) Yep. That one has been hugely beneficial. I might have just stole what Elise was going to say. That's okay. We uh, also reviewed that book back in episode seven. So our yep, listeners, please. if if you're faithfully listening, will have already heard yep. uh, our thoughts on that. By Trenton Lefair. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I can't remember the full. It's a it's a mouthful. The checkbook of faith. Yeah, Charles, um, you just got me that for Christmas. Yeah, I got Chase that and a few of our other roommates that, and it, it like the edition that we have has like a journaling portion, yeah. so that the guys can write in it as well. But yeah, I wish we could remember the title of that book for our, our listeners could, right now. Yeah, if you want to go get it while Elise yeah. is talking, that'd be fine. Okay, I'll go mm-hmm. run guy. Sweet, quick. sounds good. Uh, Elise, as Alex has left us for the time being, uh, some other devotional books that you might recommend that are not called um, uh, Brother Lawrence's <laughs> The Practice of the Presence of God. Yeah, I brought three with me. Um, one of them was The Practice of the Presence of God and The Spiritual Maxims by Brother Lawrence. Um, Alex actually gave me this book. Um, and there was a season just after summer that I used this um, each morning. So I'm really thankful for mm. him, to him for giving me that. Um, one that I've used for a long time that isn't really a devotional book. And Alex would probably um, fight me that C.S. Lewis is not a theologian, but a philosopher. <laughs> um, but one that I have enjoyed. <laughs> he says yes. <laughs> one that I enjoy is... Um, I have C.S. Lewis reading through meditation and reflection, and so it's not really a devotion. Um, and some of them are more devotion-like than others, but it just has like different different snippets of from some of his books. Mm-hmm. So I've used this as a devotional in the yeah. past, um, mm-hmm. and I have lots of underlining, and I really I have a well-worn copy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one I just got for Christmas from Chase actually mm-hmm. um, is called "My Heart Cries Out." Um, 
Gospel Meditations for Everyday Life by Paul David Tripp. Um, and I recommend you just look this one up on the internet. Oh it's the most beautiful book I've ever seen. It's um, phenomenal. It has a lot of art in it, but also it's they're formatted like poetry, mm-hmm. um, which I love. And then at the end, it always has reflection yeah. questions and scripture to go along with it. So um, one that I haven't dove too far into yet, but have enjoyed yeah. nonetheless. <laughs> it, it really is beautiful. And also it's not terribly expensive. I think it's like $18 on Amazon. For a um, pretty thick book. And, yeah, it's, it's, and it's well printed. It's just beautiful. Yeah, I highly commend that one. Um, Alex has just returned. Um, Alex, what was the title of that Spurgeon book that we were discussing? Yeah. The Checkbook of the Bank of Faith. Yeah. The Checkbook of the Bank, Bank of Faith. Of faith. Yep. Okay, sweet. Um, I would also love to recommend uh, some devotionals that I found to be especially helpful. So um, I also loved Mount Mosfer's Highest for a long time. Um, Paul David Tripp has My Heart Cries Out, but also he's got a number of other great devotionals. Uh, one that I've got coming in the mail today is titled, uh, I think it's just Morning Mercies or New Morning, Morning Mercies. And that one, I mean, just a lot of very, very positive reviews. So I think I would probably recommend anything from Paul David Tripp, just with a big mustache man like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I would also say Taste and See by John Piper. Um, that's got 125 devotions, and they are just wonderful. Um, I really love that. got it as a gift from a friend of mine named Maria. And then uh, lastly, another gift that I'd gotten was uh, The Valley of Vision, which is a collection of uh, Puritan prayers that actually, Alex, you got me for my birthday this last year, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, that has just been a very consistent uh, booklet for me to redirect my affections towards the cross. Um, man, those Puritans had a very one-track mind, a very gospel-oriented um, focus on the preeminence of Christ and his person. So I would highly commend Valley of Vision to our listeners yeah. as well, as would uh, po- episode six guest Jeremiah Hardrick. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that is all the time that we have for today. So I just want to thank uh Alex, I want to thank you so much for joining me again, as per usual. And Elise, thanks for so much for coming on for the first time ever. It's been a blessing to have both of you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. <laughs> uh, if our listeners enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to tune in again to our next installment, where Alex and I are joined by our fellow co-host and dear friend, John Carl Soup Hopple, uh, as we sit down and hear from one of our favorite guests, Nick Rowan. Uh, Nick Rowan will be... Uh, debriefing Joe Rigney's The Things of Earth, which is a, an excellent book and a really great follow-up to his former podcast that he did with us on Desiring God. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or contentions with what we've discussed today on the podcast, please feel free to email us at agoodbookreviewpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can give us a follow on social media at Instagram, um, which our handle is a period good period book period review and get all the updates uh, on a week-to-week basis. Alex, do you have any other thoughts for us? Nothing that I can think of. Excellent. Sweet. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Until our next installment, God bless. See you guys later.